When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find a see. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Marcus with Chip Nellinger. This edition of Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by guys over at Blue Reef Market, I guess, because that's who Chip's on here with. I don't know why I said that, but there you go, Chip. You got a, you got a free plug hey, there. Happy buddy. to sponsor today, Casey. <laughs> happy to sponsor it. <laughs> right on. Well, Chip, we got a lot of crazy things happening right now. If you take a look at the marketplace, all kinds of crazy things are going on. We've talked about why the market's on here before and kind of leading up to this. We've seen that volatility that you typically see going into one of these weather markets. And we had a big run up the first half of the week on some news about weather news. Uh, the, the various weather models showed rain that didn't come. And then one was showing no rain that was going to, you know, being more accurate. Um, we are up against end of month, end of quarter. So there's going to be some positions that are going to be getting corrected and, and moved in and out of. But when you take a look what's happened the last couple of days, I believe that's probably more uh, volatility driven by weather than it is end of month and end of quarter. 100% correct, Casey. It's all about weather right now. Welcome to uh, a weather market. I despise them. I hate them uh, because it's, it literally can become uh, just a coin toss as to, uh, you know, heads it's going to rain, tails it's not. You see massive volatility in here. Um, it does give us opportunities, right? Um but, boy, they're hard to manage because of exactly what we're seeing. Huge run-up in corn and beans. 
we rallied essentially a dollar in corn, uh, $2 in beans in a very short amount of time. And now uh, with some better chances, now this isn't like a game changing, it's going to rain two inches everywhere, uh, but there are slightly better chances of rain in some of the dry areas of Illinois, as well as, um, you know, some, some dry areas of Iowa as well. And so the market, you know, now selling off pretty hard going into the, the week on that slightly wetter forecast. We could, if these rains disappoint again, and it's so dry, the air is so dry out here, it's like a desert. So it's easy for those uh, weather models to over, uh, over forecast the rains, I guess. Yeah. Um, if we miss them, we could be screaming right back higher again Sunday night and Monday. So this volatility is, uh, is real. It's here. You know, seeing 50, 60 cent swings back and forth, I think, uh, is going to be commonplace here over the next two, three weeks. Yep. Okay. Um, I guess I'd like your, your opinion a little bit on kind of the news that came out yesterday about the uh, uh, EPA coming back and withdrawing some of their stance on um, biodiesel and what that looks like and some of the um, subsidies that they're going to throw out towards that and, and kind of changing their position, not just because kind of changing their position is kind of being light. They kind of went back and said, we're kind of done with this. So, I mean, I guess, what are your, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. What's your, what do you think that's going to do to all, the overall soybean market? Oh, the EPA, the EPA, Love, right? the farmer's friend, the farmer's okay. friend. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, uh, quite honestly, over the last decade, um, any announcement that the EPA brings out seems to be just flies in the face of uh, agriculture. Um, so uh, not that this one did so much. Okay. So what they came out with <clears throat> were the, the mandates for, um, you know, the renewable fuels from a, from a diesel, you know, vegetable oil standpoint, renewable biodiesel, uh, and, and that market. And they were fairly large increases, but not as big an increase as what the market had hoped. And so what that did was we'd seen a huge run up in soy oil. Uh, again, the, the world vegetable oil market supplies have tightened a little bit. Uh, palm oil really has put a big rally in. And then with the release of this EPA news, it really disappointed the market. And we locked soy oil limit down um, two days ago uh, on uh, Wednesday. And Quite honestly, that may be part of uh, or the biggest reason why beans broke and kind of drug corn with it. And we're getting this correction into uh, the the end of the week on, on Friday here. Um, I, you know, I, I think as the dust settled a little bit, um, I, I think that the cooler heads would, would say, well, that market, uh, you know, doesn't need the mandate. Like it's got a real demand base, and so some of the subsidies and and mandates, um, you know, that were used to kind of get the uh, the the you know corn side, the ethanol side off the ground, you know, 20, 30 years ago, isn't needed as much. And and that market might be able to stand on its own. It's got some real demand, uh, you know, going with these new plants. And, and there's a market there. And, and so I, I think at the end of the day, um, it was maybe an overreaction. Yes, it was disappointing that the numbers weren't bigger or what the market uh, had expected. Um, although, you know, quite honestly, you, I think in, whenever you talk about the EPA, you should expect disappointment uh, when it comes to any of their announcements. I, I don't know why government agencies uh, are allowed to 
you know, not follow the law or just kind of give their own, um, you know, <laughs> deadlines don't matter. Oh, we might yeah. come out with a ruling today. It might be yeah. next week. Maybe we'll push it three months. We'll do it when we want and we won't follow um, any of the laws on the books. Uh, that's a different podcast, Casey. But at the end of the day, I don't think it changes things dramatically. Um, I, I don't think it's like a death blow to the, you know, this new, um, you know, renewable diesel market that we've got going here in the United States. At the end of the day, right now, it's still about production. And we've got we got some real issues going on in the world vegetable oil markets. Obviously, we've got a real issue here brewing in the United States with a potential uh, production problem, and that's going to drive things uh, in, in the short run here because the the market's still tight, right? Um, Argentina still, they're just not going to have much in the way of soy oil or soy meal to export to the world right now. Uh, they're importing uh, beans from Brazil. Right. And... So we need we need a we need a bean crop here, and uh, right now, I drove I've I've driven around um, you know an hour south of here, an hour northwest of here, uh, here meaning kind of central Illinois, Peoria, and and this crop around here uh, is not good, and beans uh, surprisingly look worse than corn in my opinion. So at the end of the day, it was some disappointment. We kind of repriced uh, soy oil for a minute. Um, shook some week longs out. It, it probably caused a big portion of the break that we saw in the bean market. It may have even spilled over and caused some profit taking in corn. But um, I, I think at the end of the day, we're going to come in Sunday night and Monday and look at the forecast and say, did it rain? What was the coverage? And what's the next two weeks look like as far as rainfall? Because you're getting to the point of no return on some of these crops. Like, you know, we've limped it along and we've had rain in the forecast, you know, the past two or three weeks, four weeks. It hasn't hit, um, but we can only go so, so long right now. And yep. and you're about to the stage where if we don't get rain by the 4th of July, there's crops here that are irreversibly uh, damaged. And, yep. um, and then it becomes how far below trend line yields are we going to get? And that's going to overshadow any of the EPA news that was out here. So. That was yep. a long rambling answer, Casey. I don't know. You, I don't know if this is live or not, but you may want to edit half that out. I, I get to rambling when <laughs> no, you know how to push so. my buttons when you <laughs> you just say like, "What do you think about the acreage report coming up?" Let's talk about that. <laughs> what do you think about the EPA? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, the the reason I ask you those questions is because I have about the same reaction that you do. So I just want to make sure I'm not on an island. You know? <laughs> Well, good. I'm, I'm glad I'm not alone, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let, let's talk a little bit about demand real quick as you look at what's going on with demand. Um, and on the sidebar real quick, kind of a <clears throat> ancillary point to what you made there. Got a friend of mine that works up in uh, around up in, in Indianapolis in that area and uh, for a dealer up there. And he driving back across I-80 and, and uh, said that the, the best corn that he saw from you know, all the way down to Omaha, where, where he lives, where he's living at right now, transitioning around. Um, the best corn he saw was in your area, so that that kind of tells you what the what to tell the tape wow. is across there. So that's yeah. surprising. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I would say, I would say that um, corn is it looks surprisingly good, um, right? The, co the the color of it, 
It's holding together, but it is really stressed. And I think it's a little bit uh, misleading because, um, you know, like yesterday I, I, I drove down like an hour south to, to Springfield area. Um, I saw some waist-high corn that was tasseling. Like, it's not a good thing. And it's gone. I don't know when he took that trip, but it is dramatically uh, deteriorated in the last week. Uh, and, yeah. and if it was two weeks ago, that was probably the case. It's been up in the 90s, low to mid-90s, and our humidity is yeah. very low, and the wind's blowing, and it's just taking a toll on this crop on a daily basis without rain now. Yep, yep. All right, so let's talk a little bit a little bit about demand as you take a look with where we're at with um, the cattle and feed reports that we're seeing, um, the amount of, of hogs that are getting pushed through right now. we got that Prop 12 thing out in California. you got the African swine fever thing still going uh, like crazy over in uh, China. And, and you're looking at at a massive crop in in Brazil. It's just it just feels like demand's not where it needs to be right now to see things take off and run uh, like they should be. Um, if we come up short in the United States uh, with, with soybeans and and uh, corn, we're already short on on the wheat crop. Taking a look at that with the pressure that we're seeing, we're not seeing the explosion in the market that you typically would see. And I guess, Chip, looking at where that lines up with demand, it feels like that's what the big driving factor is with some of these crops. That is, uh, that's the issue for the corn market especially. Um, I, I think beans have a little different uh, demand structure and, and tighter, um, you know, potentially on the balance sheet than corn. <clears throat> Here's a take, on, a take home on corn. This crop right now, this this 22 um, crop, what we call the old crop, we're still in that marketing year until the end of August, right? And we're struggling to even hit the demand numbers that the USDA has pegged. They're likely going to have to pull um, the ethanol number down just a little bit. And our exports uh, this morning, case in point, like a million and a half bushels. And so for next year, for the new crop, uh, they have that total demand 800 million bushels higher than this year. Well, we're not even hitting the number this year. So that's going to be the balance between the supply side and the demand side. And we just don't know, you know, are we a 177 national average yield or are we 157, right? And, and it, depending on the next two or three weeks of rainfall, we'll tell you which, uh, which edge of that we're, we're closer to. So the supply still does matter. But what you're going to run into going forward as the USDA starts pulling down the yield, they're also correspondingly going to start dropping demand. And, and the end result, I think, unless it is a real disaster and just doesn't rain for the month of July as well, right. um, that it's going to be tough at the end of the day to get our carry out, you know, to a, a bullish enough level to talk about, hey, we need to go seven and a half, eight dollars, something like that. Um, could we spend some time north of six? Absolutely. Could we challenge seven? We sure could. But that's going to be the struggle going forward is. Demand's going to be pulled down as the yield is. I don't think they have the same luxury on the bean side, though. And so, to me, maybe the the bean yields, uh, that bean market could be more explosive than corn because I don't think there's the cushion um, on demand to pull that down as much as or as fast as they they can on the corn. And, and to your point, you know, cattle numbers, 60-year lows. We've seen liquidation in hogs. I don't think the poultry numbers are back up to where they were. Uh, our ethanol uh, numbers probably going to fall a little bit short. 
and exports are just horrendous right now. Yeah. And and so it doesn't mean we can't rally, uh, and we will rally, especially if we don't get these rains that are in the forecast, um, you know, here over the next week. But it's it's going to be, um, you know, somewhat curtailed by this the demand that likely needs to be pulled a lot lower, uh, regardless of crop size. And yep. going higher only only exaggerates that more. You know, if we yeah. end up at seven or, or north, <clears throat> that's just going to hurt corn demand even even more. Yep. And and so, uh, you know, we you got to rambling again. You, you got to look at the twenty four crop as well because yep. um, that demand. The higher we go now, the the more that demand will get hurt. And it takes a while to fix demand. You know, you don't just snap a finger and get demand back. You have to go through an ugly process of going lower to stimulate demand and that's never fun for a producer well and here's the other the key kind of one of the key arguments i think that people share conversations anyway people should be talking about right now you look at demand and the way it is today and then you take a look at 2024 being an el nino year and we have a massive huge crop and brazil has a massive huge crop again all of a sudden you set a stage where you have a massive huge crop coming in and and demand staying yeah. similar to what it is i mean that that's that's a huge issue coming up huge issue huge issue and and keep in mind <clears throat> we've had three droughts in a row in south america now i don't know the exact statistics i, I talked to a weather guy he said three in a row is very rare and i'm not sure that they've ever had four uh, in a row and so and we've had a couple here right so right. to your point uh, you know murphy's law we we curtail demand and one of these years uh mother nature is going to cooperate across the globe in both hemispheres south america we don't know brazil is just a sleeping giant right with the production potential they have argentina will bounce back with the crop we will plant a lot of acres and have a big crop and and it will be a long hangover with a lot of supply hanging over this market so uh those are that's a hard curve to be on, right? Because usually when that happens, it happens fast and yep. prices drop faster than what inputs go down. So that's, that's what we're going to face at some point with that, that cliff, well, we're going to have to jump over that cliff at some point. I, I'm afraid. Yep. Yeah. And that's going to be, uh, you go back and look at 2012 and we're kind of setting the table for that. You know, we're kind of running the same angle into 2012 and you look at what, kind of where they're at and we had that huge run up but uh the backside off of that seven eight dollar corn i think worked corn got to 825 or something like that the high and then you know it, it took it a year to knock off almost uh almost half of that going into uh 2013 2014 we, we were looking at you know 375 425 450 corn and that that yeah. was due to that i mean we went from a not much supply demand was kind of structured low and now you got this huge explosion of crops across the globe and the demand stayed the same. Exactly. It, it literally took 10 years to fix that problem uh, yeah. because $8 corn after the 2012 drought, the high prices brought in so many extra acres, right? I mean, that the old saying that the cure for high prices is high prices, high prices and yeah. vice versa, the cure for low price. It's because the market works, right? Like right. if we continue to let the market be free, it, it will work. High prices bring in extra acres, slows demand down. Low prices pull those marginal acres back out, increases demand, and you get those cycles where you get opportunities to, to make profits. It's uh, So corn, beans, wheat, for the most part, uh, still 
free markets. Let's hope they they stay that way for a long time, and other markets get freer. Right. I kind of understand. So, if I'm understanding what you're saying, let the free market work freely. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's amazing how good I, it works. I'm a free it, man. Yeah. It works. It, it works. You, works it, anytime you start messing with supply or demand or subsidies or you know, this is a whole another uh, podcast as well. But the free market works if you if you let it. Uh, supply yep. and demand. The law of supply and demand. I was an econ major, uh, so I'm I'm kind of one of those uh, geeky guys. And uh, you don't need to even major in it or get a P. It just Take an econ 101 supply and demand curve, it works. It, yeah. There's no question it works. Yep. It's it's uh it's the one thing historically that shows works. Nothing yeah. It, it, yep. Historically it's but we, always worked. You know? you know, we're human beings and we 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 like to meddle in things and uh the more you stick your fingers in that supply demand curve, the more messed up it becomes and the more mm-hmm. pain it uh it causes to some or many parties. Ain't that the truth? All right, one more thing. Looking at this Prop 12 decision out of California where they decided to move it back six months. California is notorious for we're doing this tomorrow, and then tomorrow comes. They're like, well, maybe we should wait a little bit. Your reaction to that, I guess, long term, is this going to be another one of those, in your opinion, I guess, as you look at this, every six months you're going to push it back six months, I guess. Well, I don't know. I don't think – so here's my take on it, and there's still a little – gray area i guess so i don't think i think they are still going through with it what the pushback or or change was was that they're going to allow um pork that um was in the system so to speak or or in the freezer prior to july 2nd to still move through the system um and they kind of said, without saying, we're not really going to police it for six months. Um, but I don't. I think they're serious. You know, I, I, again, boy, you're you're pushing all the right the right buttons today, <laughs> Casey. Like, I think they're serious. I, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna go through. Um, it doesn't like again back to the free market, right? Like you, this is meddling with the free market, mandating yeah. all these environmental issues, right? And so um, there's, an, there's, a, there's an agenda that doesn't match um, reality. And I don't think that um, I think they're going to see it through to the end. So I, I think, yes, maybe we've got a six-month reprieve here. Um, of they're going to allow some pork that you know isn't compliant uh, into the system, and uh, but after that, I, I I think they're serious, and and I think it's um, unfortunately probably just the start of uh, of a lot more uh, regulation in, in agriculture, and you know I know there's a lot of people out there um, talking about this, and but I think it's something that we really in agriculture really need to wrap our brains around. And you said anything, well, yeah, surely, you know, rational people won't allow that to happen. And it's not about rationality or, you know, it's just, it's the craziest thing that I've ever seen. Um, some of these policies around energy and agriculture and, and, and they're, they're coming for us, unfortunately. Yeah. You are correct, sir. 
So, as Ed McMahon used to say. So there's but, uh, our- but back to your pork, I mean, I think the, the question is, I, I think it's a real thing. I think it's something the pork industry uh, is, you know, has adjusted to, and we're seeing some liquidation here. And, and again, it's going to, you know, what it's going to do is mess up the free market, right? I wouldn't want to be, uh, you know, buy a pork chop in, uh, uh, in, in LA, um, you know, next year, because, you know, it's going to be about the price of a T-bone. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, very, very pricey for sure. And who knows what's going to happen between now and then too. They could be, well, well, we're going to, it's there, but if we catch you, you're in trouble type of thing. You know what I mean? Casey, one more thing on, on, on yeah. my ramble here. <clears throat> you know, the, the probably of anything, the hog sector right now uh, is seeing a lot of pain. Um, and so it, the, the effect of this is going to be just higher prices for everyone, right? Because you're liquidating uh, producers, some independents I, I know that have held on for a long time. They're going out. Somebody told me the other day that uh, a, a big operation – uh, liquidated 300,000 sows, 300,000 really? 300. sows. Wow. So there's no profitability uh, out there on top of this, um, you know, proposition 12. So the end result is it, you're messing with the free market. It's going to, even if you're not in California, if you can be in Texas, Florida, South Carolina, the freest, uh, you know, of the free States pork is going to go up because now we've messed with supply and demand. <clears throat> it's unprofitable. And you're gonna you're gonna decrease supply, and um, you know it, it's it's just case in point about letting the market do its thing. So the hog industry has has some issues uh, in in front of it to say the least. I mean they they uh, are dealing with high feed costs to begin with, and now now this and and uh, boy the the hog industry has uh, some serious problems right now. Yep, for sure. All right, Chip, good place to stop. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what's going on <laughs> over at Blue Reef. What's the best way oh, to do Oh, just, uh, just great news uh, ahead of this weekend, right? Uh, man, I might get some calls and uh, requests for some anti-depression medication or something. Sorry, I don't mean to be a black uh, black cloud. No, you're uh, – the thing about what's going on right now, Chip, is that it's – yeah, it sucks and, yeah, it's horrible news, but, I mean, we can uh, – Sometimes you, I watched a show on it was on Netflix and it was called uh, "Don't Look Up" or something like that. It was about a group of people that were there's an asteroid coming to Earth and they kept telling them, to, you know, it's, it's fake, you know, don't look up. And then one day somebody looks up and it's you know two days from hitting Earth. So <laughs> and everybody's like, oh no, it's real now. Yeah, so it's the same concept. You know, you can sit here and hide hide your head in the sand all you want to, but at the end of the day, it's happening. And you know, you got to have your have your plan in place because if you're doing this, the 300,000 South thing, that's a, that's a great example of that. I mean, that's a lot of piglets that aren't going to get born. That and it definitely back, is. You know what I mean? So that like your supply and demand thing, one one right? When, exactly. Uh, when demand or supply goes down, demand goes up. So do prices. And that's, that's, that's just what it is. You know, so not much, not much easier thing. You're, you're right. Economics is one of those things that people try to make difficult, but it's, it's really pretty easy. You can really boil it down to something pretty simple that anybody can understand. Yeah, you, you really. I've thought about this. You can teach it to kindergartners. You just get some marbles, or yeah. you can teach, uh, you know, rudimentary uh, economics. You can also teach them about taxation as well with yeah. uh, with little pieces of candy. Yeah. Or at, at Halloween, that's yep. a good time to. 
teach about uh, uh, Uncle Sam's taxation. Yeah, that's uh, I do that with my kids. My, yeah, <laughs> it's, this is this is what it looks like. <laughs> my my son mows grass, and then we kind of go through the same thing. And I go, okay, so now you owe me this amount of money to use my stuff. And he's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. I went out and did all the work like, with my equipment, so you owe me, you know. And, and it was, and it's just you know, playing just just to teach that fact. But you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's not that difficult to get your head wrapped around it and to pay attention to what's going on around you and, and seeing what happens. Anyone can see what's coming at us, and it's it's more expensive everything, whether it's gas or yeah. oil or hogs, whatever it is, and and more regulations too. Um, and, and I'm a slow one. I'm a slow learner. You know, I just I I just finally come around over the last um, year, just looking at some of these energy policies out of Europe. You know, you're like, okay, you, you read a news story, right, and you're like, well, no one's gonna do like. No one in their right mind would do that. Like it doesn't, it's not even logical and, and they do it and you're like, Oh no, you know, this, this isn't about, um, what's right or, or what makes sense. It's about something entirely different. And to think that, um, you know, it's not going to happen in ag, um, is, is crazy. It already is. And it's probably going to get worse, unfortunately. Yep. So, absolutely. It's yeah, good times. All right, man. <laughs> good times. But it's still the best the best uh, industry yeah. uh in in the world, you know. There's yeah. it's yeah. It's the backbone of the United States and yep. uh and it feeds the world. So, yep. Absolutely. Let's try to protect it. You would think that would be a a strategy that would be on a lot of people's list, but when food only comes from the grocery store, you know what I mean? And that's your, that's your perception of it. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of hard to make, hard to get your head wrapped right now. That's for sure. That yeah. is for sure. All right, man. What's the best way to get a hold of you over Blue Reef? Yeah, best way is just call our office, 309-550-7213. Uh, that's our main office in, in Morton. And uh, we'd love to, love to chat with you. Hopefully it's not, uh, you know, uh, calls like, hey, I hate, hate mail, so to speak. <laughs> too de- too depressing. I don't want to be depressing. Yeah, he's telling me you don't speak any English and you ha- and you hang out and then you get you get to go that way. That's what I connection. Do. I, I'm yeah. sorry, we're having a bad connection. Yeah. <laughs> either way, it'd be fun. It'd be a fun conversation. So that will. Yes. Yeah. Don't hesitate to call us. Either way, tell yeah. me that uh, you think I'm crazy or tell me that uh, you're you're dead on and uh, tell me what your crops look like and. Mm-hmm. Love to chat with you. Right on. Well, Chip, appreciate you taking time, man. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on, Casey. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Check out the video version of this over on the YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. So check it out there. Go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related and all the information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 13th. Be one of the first 150 people to sign up, and you will get uh, $50 off your discount. If you want to take advantage of that, hurry up and do that because there's only a few spots left on that list. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. Let's move some iron folks out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com.
Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardware. 